Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host via Los Angeles, California, Joey Nocho Prano. Hello, Andrew. Good Monday. Oh. <laughs> what happened? I said, good Monday. It's Thursday. Oh, yeah. It's Thursday. We didn't, do, we didn't do the episode Monday. You were traveling. I was traveling. We put one out, and, uh, but, but that's, that's just the way you are, Andy. In your brain, you're like, the next one is Monday. It's funny because so much has happened. Of course, when we do this, NBA championship titles are won. COVID is running amok in both college and NFL. It's like, this always happens. Well, you know, the good thing is on Monday's episode, I congratulated Yes. The, the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers. I congratulated LeBron James. I wrongly said on his fifth NBA Finals MVP, on his fourth NBA Finals MVP. So, you know, that, that all happened. You yeah. were worried I was going to jinx it. And I bet you when they lost game five, you were like, fucking pray now. But I knew. I said it from the beginning, game Lakers in six. I never should have wavered. Yeah, Lakers I wasn't. Lakers in six. Congrats I wasn't to the goat. Congrats to the goat and his latest dumpster fire franchise that he has pulled out of the toilet. Well, let's not call the Lakers a dumpster well, fire I mean, franchise. Just saying, the end of the the end of the Kobe Bryant era and the post Kobe era has been pretty horrific. Um, no, it has. It it really has, and. Uh... And LeBron James is just doing his Oprah, and you get a championship, and you get a championship, you get a championship, and you get a championship. I just want to know who is who is he going to do next? Well, sadly, I was driving, so I did not see that was that was my longest leg of the of the twenty three hundred plus miles. You didn't get to watch the final game. No, that was Monday, correct? Yes, or Sunday. 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 Yeah, I, I was currently that night I was driving to Denver. So I missed that. It wasn't much of a game. You missed uh you missed an early you missed a game for about four minutes. After that it was, you know, slowly celebrating a Lakers championship. Yeah. I, I saw they were up by like what? How much at half? Like thirty? Yeah, early in the third quarter, it 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 had ballooned to like thirty-seven at one point, I think. Yeah. Well, look, the Heat, to their credit, they put up a fight. I think Jimmy Butler now has uh, solidified himself as a. We're uh, we gonna say a top ten NBA player. Top ten? Wow, that's aggressive. No, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm just asking. I'm not saying. Yeah, no, I think that would be aggressive based on you know a strong playoff run but uh he's up there you know he's 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 hovering but i would say you know rattling off 10 would probably be 
Yeah. So it's still kind of easy. Maybe 15 to 20? Yeah, I'll say let's, let's call it 15. Let's call it, yeah. let's call it the 10 to 15 range. And yeah. look, I'm not saying that it's not possible that this is the beginning of his leap, that he needed a team and he found one that knew how to use Jimmy Butler. But uh, there's still, I mean, if you, if you go through the league, there's still, I think, 10 guys that would jump out at you as especially even in this you know even that that sort of made their name in the playoffs like is donovan mitchell better than jimmy butler um i you know i mean yeah you're right well it's it's i i think when you start looking at these things you have to say he did it in the finals when it mattered the most against the best player and he single-handedly got two wins. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, think th- I think that really counts for a lot. Yeah. I, I just think that there's probably seven, six, seven, eight guys that we would go undoubtedly better than Jimmy Butler. And then, you know, you get into these question marks, guys who had – obviously, Jimmy Butler had a great playoffs, but he wasn't their leading scorer until the finals. Yeah. You know? um, so I think you just got to – like, props to the Heat. They did. They did fantastically. Jimmy Butler definitely emerged. I think with Miami being the, the location that it is, with Pat Riley, with uh, you know a run to the finals, I think that they're going to be able to add pieces, whether it be in free agency, whether it be good drafts. I, I think the Miami Heat are going to be tough to deal with for a while, especially in the East, where like, how much better is Boston going to get? How much better is are the Bucks going to get? What happens in Philadelphia? Uh, is New Jersey with Kyrie and Kevin Durant really a thing where they're, they have a uh, mutiny against their coach that hasn't arrived to the fucking yeah. facility yet? No, I agree, man. I, I think those are all valid points. And I, I think next year could be very interesting because you also have a lot of question marks with, with coaching changes and – especially in the West, like, like take the Clippers. The Clippers don't have a first round pick. They've given yeah. up so many picks. Like where do and, they, and, where do and, they and, go? And the rumors are swirling that it'll be Ty Lue. <laughs> and, and I heard somebody say, you know, uh, maybe it's Ty Lue because Ty Lue knows how to stop LeBron James, which at first I laughed. And then I was like, well, actually Ty Lue, did do a decent job stopping LeBron James as his coach. So maybe there's something there. He's like, what if, what if we just try to get them to play the way they played under me? He also, um, got, he also got a chip with, with LeBron. Yeah. I mean, LeBron James has delivered a lot of people championships that didn't deserve them, didn't participate in winning them. Um, but yeah, I, like for sure, the Clippers, they don't have a coach. And, yeah. and they're and they're the second team. I mean, then you look at the teams that that did make some noise in the playoffs this year, whether it be Denver, uh, what's going to happen in Portland. Uh, I, I think absolutely there's going to be a lot. The NBA next season, especially like where are they going to play? Is it going to be fans? Is it not going to be fans? When does it start? There's a lot of question marks. But uh, right now, LeBron, Anthony Davis, who is reportedly going to re-sign with the Lakers are currently, once again, Vegas favorites to win it all. They are. Yeah. 
And and when you talk about the West, you can't not talk about uh, the return of the Warriors. Stephen yeah. Clay coming back. They'll have the number two overall pick. I think I think what's going to have to happen uh, if people want to contend, like like say a Warriors team, it's going to be who do we add that brings us to the Lakers level? Like I think the Warriors obviously had a nice little run there. LeBron toppled them after one championship, then they had to bring in Kevin Durant. What is their move going to be to deal with a LeBron Lakers team that also has Anthony Davis, a lot of size, you know, but there's a lot that's going to happen with the Lakers as well. What's going to happen with their roster in this offseason? But I like a lot of things. Obviously they won the championship. They are built to win for a while. Uh, if they just can keep these guys in place and then, God forbid they add somebody. I mean, I've, I've seen the rumor swirling of Bradley Beal to get Bradley Beal. Goodbye forever. Well, nothing's guaranteed. We, you know, we, we saw the, the Warriors lose. Sure. We won late. So, I mean, I mean, nothing's guaranteed. I think for me, you know, it, again, it's going to be very wide open to a degree. Nobody saw the Miami Heat playing in the finals. And obviously they excelled during the bubble. And when all this legacy stuff is discussed, and it is, I'm kind of just taking a backseat at this point. Uh, I think you and I have kind of made our stance pretty clear. We can reiterate it, but, you know, at this point, Joe, it, it, it's, it's the old Andy Ruther saying, beating a dead bush. You know, I, I don't think do, – do before we go into that, do you think – because I don't. Do you think there's anybody who is willing to change their opinion when we discuss the greatest player of all time. Well, you did. So props to you for that. Um, you know, there, I, there's gotta be some people out there and I've seen, I've seen the people who say, if this happens, then whatever. And you know, the, the weird, shitty, unreasonable, like this, like makes me not take you seriously thing about some people is the like, no matter what happens, sure, I'm not going to say this because of this has already ha- all this and this and this has already happened. And to me, it's like, well, you're then like you're out. I, there's a lot of there's a lot of disqualifying factors when I talk to people or when I see exchanges with people that are talking goat, talking legacy. Like, if you are unwilling to say nothing can ever happen to make somebody pass Jordan then you're out. If you have Kobe in your top five, you're out. If you have like, there are a lot of things where I'm going, like, I just don't, you have already proven to me that your opinion is worthless because you're just talking out your ass. And to me, it's like the Jordan thing is so funny because LeBron now has four. People were calling Michael Jordan the greatest of all time when he retired after his first three feet. Like, that's just the bottom line. Like, across the board, almost universally, including myself, universally, everybody was just saying, there goes the greatest basketball player of all time, walking off into the sunset. So the idea that it's this, some sort of ring count, that he was retiring with less than Magic, that he was retiring with less than Kareem, that he was retiring with far less than Russell, and he was the goat. Well, then you've you've kind of like disproven your own theory that this is some sort of ring count. Yeah. LeBron James, 
has twice as many finals MVPs. He has twice as many, you know, championships as the best player on the team as Kobe Bryant. So take your one, two, three, four, five meme and get out of here. Because the idea that LeBron James raises his legacy by downshifting into a late part of the career and becoming a second option on a team just to win championships, to me, that doesn't raise his legacy. Like his legacy is in concrete stamped forever. He's gone to 10 NBA finals. Yeah. And, and I think it's a good point to discuss, you know, changing and evolving your opinions. And obviously I have harped on this for years on the show. I, I think it's not just a LeBron discussion. I think we need to constantly be ready to modify our beliefs, whether it's sports, politically, whatever. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of like we're witnessing that firsthand, I think, right, with the Tom Brady experiment in Tampa Bay and New England with Cam Newton. It, it's, like, it's still going to be up for debate, I think, right, when you, when you look at these factors and you say, okay, Brady's been amazing, but let's see how they do with a post-injury Cam Newton. You know, like, like we, we shouldn't just put something in cement and it's memorialized forever as the greatest player of whatever in any sport. And I think people need to realize that. I couldn't agree with you more. When you see people who say that and they toss out these things like, I would never change my opinion. Well, then you're, you're, not, you're not evolving as a person. You're not maturing as a person. And when you toss out things that aren't facts, like we always love to make fun of, you know, if you ever bring up killer instinct or things that are not tangible that I can look from a scientific perspective, you're out in my opinion, you're just done. Yeah. yeah. And, and to me, it's like, if you're, if you're ranking all these guys, you, you kind of show your hand when you, when you do certain things, like, like I said, it's like, look at this point, it's kind of magic, Michael, or sorry, uh, LeBron, Michael, Kareem, you know, like that, like I, I've even heard some people with the Kareem one and it's, it's like, okay, it's fine. But the problem is when you go, when, again, when you say, I don't, you know, he's a he's a bitch and he did this uh, against the weak East. It's like, you're, you're just, you have planted your feet in the ground and now he's dominating the West. He was a one seed. He ran through the playoffs. Like, Take your weak East shit, shove it square up your ass. It's over. Yeah. And obviously I was, I was driving and I didn't see too much. And the truth is, as you know, I've kind of been MIA from social media for the most part for the last 30 days anyway. And I'm trying to just enjoy these games, but there's just so many trash opinions out there. So many just, opinions based not in factual evidence but just in you know a viewpoint that doesn't have any science behind it so to speak and obviously we we think he's the best of all time look look i don't freak out though the same way if somebody wants to think michael jordan's the best cool good for you but come at me with arguments don't come at me with like killer instinct the 80s were tough when he had to beat Kevin Duckworth in the NBA Finals, how will LeBron James ever manage? Yeah, just don't don't come at me with that, and uh, we can have a, a realistic discussion. But yeah, the Lakers... and honestly, like if you want to come at me with 
look, LeBron is the greatest basketball player of all time, but if I had one game to win, I'd still take Jordan. If I had one shot to make, I'd still take Jordan. I could be like, okay, you're probably wrong on that too. And I can show you a lot of statistics why, but you're, but at least that opinion can be like, like boiled down to you going like, I just think there's this will to win and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and whatever. And again, I still think that's wrong, but to argue with the guy's legacy, to argue with the guy's resume, it's over guys. He's going to finish with all the numbers, all of them. Yeah. And, and when you look at, again, when you look at other sports, if you had a guy who finishes with all the numbers and gets almost as many championships and almost, and more final appearances than the other, like, again, if Dan Marino had retired with five Super Bowl appearances and two wins, People would have been like, that was the greatest quarterback we ever saw. Yeah. I mean, well, you could look, just look at Drew Brees. I mean, Brees is right up there with touchdown passes, yards, completions. I yeah, mean, if, if, he, if, if, if he's, he's got four chips, if yeah. he got four rings to, to Brady six, it's not a question. It's not a question. It's not a question. Maybe even three. I, I agree. If, if, if Brees just gets a couple more chips, then we're, we're really not having this discussion if he's the leader. I mean, if, if, if Breeze is walking out of football with all these numbers and four Super Bowl MVPs, who's saying anything? Nobody. Yeah. So I agree. it's you know, it's just it's just kind of ridiculous. And like you know, we talked about this before. I I said, even on this show, we were critical of Peyton Manning. I, I always said, like, okay, he does everything. And he does it all at the line and he's, he's changed his teams and everywhere he goes, they get better. And when he leaves, they get worse, but he's got one Super Bowl and it's against the bears. And then he goes to Denver and he takes them to two more Super Bowls. He misses one on a hail Mary. He wins one to me. That was where it was settled. It's like, okay, all you do is you take Peyton Manning, you add him to the, you know, to a team. And now they're contenders. And then they win one like that to me, that solves it. And it's like, just because he didn't play with Bill Belichick, he's not the goat. We got to forget. We got to like, remember that what LeBron James, this is LeBron James second competent head coach. Not good head coach. Can we agree? LeBron James has had two good coaches. He's also had two competent coaches. You're going to say He's had, Spolstra and Frank Vogel as his good Are coaches. the two guys who deserve to be coaches in the NBA, the two guys who are coaches in the NBA? Where's David Blatt? Where's Mike Brown? Where's, where's Lou? I think, did you just create a reality TV show? Former LeBron's head coaches live in a house. See what yeah. happens next. Yeah. Everybody shows up with ingredients and no one knows how to cook dinner. <laughs> They're all just staring at a pot. LeBron James has to come and cook them dinner and then leave every episode. It's like Big Brother, but LeBron's allowed to open the door and feed them, then leave again. LeBron's real world. <laughs> yeah. From Akron, Ohio. I mean, the like that's the thing. You know, you had you have Kareem on the Lakers. You have Jordan with Phil Jackson. You have all these guys. It's like LeBron's just dragging. Trash talent, trash coaching staffs, trash franchises. Everywhere he goes is a dumpster fire until he gets there. Then they win it all. 
And then he goes on. He's a, he's, you know, he's Aladdin. They rub his fucking genie lamp. He gives him a bunch of wishes and then they, they put him back in the lamp. If you could have any three wishes, what would you do? Uh, That's really tough, right? Yeah. I'd have to think about that. So it's a tough on the spot. It is really tough, right? Get back to me on that one. I think we should. Yeah. G- g- give me your three next episode. Well, Joe, I assume as I look I'm at I'm going to use one on uh, to go back in time and give LeBron James competent coaches his entire career. Okay. It's not a bad wish. I wouldn't do that myself, but hey. That, 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 would, that would already give me years of my life back spent arguing with casual basketball fans. Yeah, you enjoy it. I don't know if I would say I enjoy it, but. You, you, have, you have what I would call a, ma- I'm going to deem it right here now on the show. You have, Joe, you have a masochistic mentality with the Twitter. Like you don't enjoy it, but you do. It's like the pain, you kind of get off by it. It's, a, it is, it's like a masochistic mentality. It, you know, I think it's just more like of a, you know, it's like a, it's like a Mother Teresa kind of thing. It's like, is this what I want to be doing with my time? No, but I think it betters the world. <laughs> You, we'll talk about a spin. I say masochistic. You deem it one of like the holiest women in the last 100 yeah, I, years. I don't, I don't think she wa- I don't think like her idea of a casual Sunday was like feeding hungry children, but she knew it made the world better. She was doing it for, you know, mankind. And I'm just trying to fix lives one stupid Jordan and Kobe stand at a time. You know what we need? We need a Photoshop and I'm going to have this made of your face on mother Teresa as she's like feeding a poor child in Calcutta. But that poor child's face is going to be like a LeBron's or I'm sorry, like a Kobe stand or a Jordan stand wearing her Jersey. That'd be great. You know who we got to get back on now that now that now we're talking is out and free into the world. And LeBron has a fourth and a fourth, like, Where's resident secret Jordan stan, Tug Coker? Is, is, is Tug's Jordan fandom, is that really secret? I mean, it's, it's open, but also he's, he like won't, he won't really delve into like his criticisms of LeBron James, like why LeBron isn't the, like, cause I agree that Michael Jordan's legacy speaks for itself. I, well, but, so, look, but so does LeBron James. I don't want to fully speak for Tug. I, I saw him before I left. We went on a nice little walk together along the Pacific Palisades Park, viewing the ocean. Some of his criticism I actually share as well. They're more of, he whines too much in the court, I agree. Le- LeBron whines way too much. For, for being someone of his stature, just keep playing, dude. He whines too much. That's, and, not, in his, that's not in his best interests. Okay, well... He still whines too much. That's okay. a, well, that's and, a, and and that's and that's just a personal preference. It of, is. That's just a personal preference of. Do you like the guy who puts up his hands when he gets fouled, or do you like the guy that goes and sneaks in somebody's ears and is like, "Motherfucker, I will end you. I am this fucking league. Do you know what happens when people do me wrong? I hunt them down and I fucking kill them. And you fucking don't give me a fucking foul call. I will have you fucking fired. David Stern is in my fucking pocket. Are you fucking listening to me? So it's just how you like your refs to be played because there is 1000 hours of video of Michael standing next to a referee whispering what I assume can be death threats okay. in their ear. Well, that, yeah, I'm more of the, I'm more of the MJ alley there. And then the second one, which I said, which Tug agreed with 
I, I said this has nothing to do with basketball. I said LeBron LeBron's press conferences annoy me a lot. He 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 tries to sound I think LeBron tries too hard to sound smarter than he really is. And uh that's just a personal thing. But that's not a basketball critique. Right. And 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 I don't know what else Tug has. Uh I, I'm sure he has some more. But I like that you're trying to like unearth this this what's going on behind what's going on behind the scenes, Tug? Well, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of like one day I'll tell you how I really feel about <laughs> the good conversation. I'm like, what is what is this one day? Tug's gonna write his, you know, goat thesis and and slip it into his own pocket when he dies. We're gonna have to like take it out of his blazer when it, right before he goes into the coffin and read the, the his goat take. Well, Joe, I'm looking at your shirt. You're wearing an amazing Miller Lite t-shirt today. I assume when the Heat – I'm sorry, Heat. When the Lakers won, you celebrated with a nice, fresh, cold Miller Lite. I absolutely did. It's the best. I spent the weekend uh, golfing up in Tahoe and just Miller Lights. It, it, like a Lakers championship golfing at the lake all like the best things i i have a miller light next to me i've got our miller light mini fridge right next to me right here full of miller lights love it so you were chilling with friends in tahoe all kicking back a few miller lights just enjoying the what i assume great fall weather yeah incredible beautiful guys what a great way to connect with miller light hit the links Hang out with your buddies, watching football. God knows we have so much football going on right now. It seems like almost every day of the week, both college and NFL, and NFL, I should say. Miller Lite, great taste with only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs. However you and your friends are enjoying Miller time, you can have the original light beer delivered by going to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports and find the delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. So if you're out with your buddies, family, you name it, you want to just have it shipped right to where you live, once again, just go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports. So baseball is towards the end. Heating up. We're in the, uh, the final stretch there, Joe. We got the NLCS and the ALCS. The Rays are up 3-1. They, they staved off – the Astros staved off a sweep last night. The I'm, Dodgers, the big, I'm the world's biggest Rays fan. Sure. I, I love, think, I, I I love the Tampa are. Bay Rays. I think and, we and, all not, and not just against the Astros. I mean, I hope that they win it all because, like, look who's left. For me, it's Braves, Dodgers, Astros. Fuck all of them forever. And the Rays have never won a title. I always like seeing yeah. franchises win a first title, even though if it's – Tampa Bay, nobody cares down there. And, uh, and it's exciting for them. And I think that they have had a distinct advantage because they've been playing in front of the same size crowds they've always been playing in. And other teams are having to deal with the silence. That's a great point. I never the thought Rays playing in, in, you know, Tropicana parking lot. Yeah, I, I agree. So it looks like they're going to win that series. Obviously, they're 3-1. It would have to be a, a Boston Red Sox against the New York Yankees, you know, comeback what was that 2003 2004 2004, yeah yeah so it have to be something like that 
Now, the Dodgers were down 2-0. They put up a fight in game two, lose by one, one run. Come back yesterday, put up an 11 spot in the first inning. It feels like momentum is completely shifting in that series. Well, look, I mean, it seems very, very obvious to say, but game four is absolutely everything. I mean, obviously the difference between being down three, one and be, and having it tied at two, two is obvious, but Kershaw's start gets pushed back. They have an offensive explosion in game three. They have Kershaw starting game four. It's basically the series right there. Yeah. And Kershaw, who again has been, he started out pitching well, but now he's been suspect lately in the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that series is for sure wide open at this point because when you get 11 runs in the first, like we see this in baseball all the time. It's like when you, when a team gets hot, it it tends to start with an offensive explosion like this. So look, the Braves had not lost a playoff game before then their starting pitching was impeccable, but last year they get undone by a disastrous first inning and I wonder if this doesn't just give them, you know, terrible flashbacks to that and kind of has them, has them come unrattled. I'd almost rather, obviously I don't want either of the NL teams to end up winning at all. So I'd almost kind of rather that they get the go to have a seven game series and winner gets to take on a rested raise, which I think the off time uh, hurts less in baseball than it does in football and in basketball and other sports. Yeah. I, uh, you know, from my perspective, I think if the, if the Dodgers do lose this series, how can they keep Dave Roberts around? I well, know look, we, we, we've, done, we've been through this with his basketball uh, doppelganger and Doc Rivers. Look how long it took. It's, it's absolutely amazing. I, I and, don't know. I, and I think it, it comes down to, you know, the computers. What do the computers say? I feel like everybody is way too reliant on this, like, and, and this goes across the board now, uh, way too reliant on these like analytics. Like they put it into the computer and it says, Oh, we have, you know, we've calculated all the other possible replacements and Dave Roberts it is X more wins than replacement manager. And you're taking out of consideration, like how does a change affect the morale of the team? Do they like it? Do they not like it? Like, you know, the nothing, I was in Tahoe, so there's casinos, right? And played a little bit of blackjack, not a lot. I was a little bit COVID scared, obviously. Sure. But the casino was alone one day, and, or empty one day. So I went and I sat alone for like 10 minutes and played blackjack. And whenever you play blackjack, you hear the book. The book says this, the book says this, the book says this. Now, that is like factual, legit probability there's, it's only science. There's no, you know, soul in that. People are now making sports decisions like they're fucking playing blackjack. There is no book in baseball. There is no book in football. If you are, if you are defending Mike Zimmer's horrific decision at the end of that Sunday night game by saying the math says, eat a calculator. It's, it's the, it was the single, one of the single dumbest decisions I've ever seen. And whatever book 
like says that they should do that, light that book on fire. Yeah, look, obviously I'm a big guy who likes to follow the facts, the, the statistics, but there, like you said, like, like I missed that game. Um, I was driving. I, I think I caught literally the last half of the last drive, the Seahawks. But when I saw what they did, you're just thinking, why are you not kicking a field goal? I mean, it's, it's, it's like you said, and, and I saw all those things on Twitter. Well, the numbers say, you know, they have this percent chance. Look, sometimes you got to only the number. Numbers. The only number that matters is winning is what percentage field goal chance do you have of making it? So from that distance, what chances are he makes a field goal? Let's call it 89%. So 89% chance that at worst you go to overtime. Yeah. That's the number. Worst. If you take it past that, you're, you're actually off the book and you're off the math. Yeah. Well, it increases our chances of winning. Don't worry about your chances of winning. Your in chances of winning get increased when you remove your chances of losing. Yeah. And, and again, obviously, you know, on that particular case, for anybody who forgot, the Seahawks would have had to drive, get a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Correct. Just a tie. Which, which, if you watch the end of the game, and I know there's a lot of different factors, but they got a touchdown. And they didn't get the two-point conversion. Yeah. Well, you're talking about gambling. I have to say, as someone who just drove through Vegas, I got to do a report back to you. Yeah. What's going on in Vegas these days? Oh, Joe, it's so depressing. So, so we drove, my brother Elliot and I, who went on the trip with me, we drove the entire Las Vegas Boulevard, you know, like from before Mandalay Bay and just headed north down Las Vegas. Joe, I've never seen it, you know, and I lived there obviously for two years. I've been there a ton. I've, you know, I've probably done that drive from LA to Vegas 25 times in my life. Picture five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. There's college football games going on. There's Major League Baseball playoffs. The strip's going to be packed. I mean, Prano, we made <coughs> it across the strip in lightning speed. Now, were there some people out? Sure. But it was a ghost town, man. It was the, it's so depressing. They're basically redoing, they're started doing construction or repavement on Las Vegas Boulevard, now closer towards old Vegas, but still. The point is, when would they ever have a time during the day or you know, at this time of year to like do construction? I think they're basically yeah. taking advantage of the situation with COVID. And, that's, but, and I got to say that's surprising to me because I would have thought Vegas would have been a destination for the COVID hoaxers, the deniers, the people who are you know, want to fight for their freedom by playing craps or whatever. Um, so I, I'm surprised by that. Yeah, man. It, it was uh, like, it was, I, you know, it was eye popping for me to see it. How, again, you're like weekend afternoon, it's a 90 degree day. It's perfect weather out. Very depressing, but I have to give an update for all the dirt balls and also you about, the end of Savage Town and me leaving. Oh, my oh God. can't wait to hear this. So my building, for some reason, the garbage cans were outside my building. This happens a lot, and I don't understand it. 
They, they pick up the trash. The city picks up the, the trash. The, and by the garbage can, you, you, you got it for your huge building. You had dumpsters. Dumpsters, yes. Yeah. So, so the dumpsters are outside the garage. They had been emptied Saturday morning, but they're locked on the street. So imagine this conundrum. I'm trying to empty out a lot of trash, a lot of crap, but the dumpsters are locked and I can't get in them. So I have to leave. So obviously I start putting all my trash next to the dumpsters on the sidewalk. I don't want to do it, but what are my other options? Right. I have none. So I'm emptying the trash with my brother Elliot and the mayor was helping us with some stuff too. We're putting it all on the sidewalk and it ended up being a lot more, you know, it always is. It's a lot more than you think you're going to get rid of. And I say to my brother Elliot, within 60 minutes, there will be like, like it, it's like putting out cheese for a mouse. There will be homeless all in my stuff. Didn't even take 10 minutes. We're still putting out trash. There's a woman rooting through and she goes, is this your stuff? And I go, yeah. She goes, can I take some stuff? And I'm like, sure. She's trying on my shoes. I mean, I mean, it's, it, it's a whole thing just there on the sidewalk. Right. And she's like, Oh, this mirror looks great. And, uh, she's taking stuff that obviously I dumped out. And then probably about 10 minutes later, we come back out. There's a different homeless dude. She didn't take the mirror. He has the mirror and he's taking shampoo and conditioner, which I pitched on the sidewalk, washing his hair, shampooing and conditioning it, looking into my mirror. No, no water. Savage. Yeah, no water, just doing it. Just dry shampooing. And, and, and look, my brother Elliot and I, he, he's got a really good heart, but we, we view things differently. Like, like he's, you know, just that's his, he, he's, his view on life is a little different than me. And, and here's why I'm going to explain that. He's like, that's really nice that these people can use your leftover stuff and they can clean up a little. That, like, that's how he views things where I'm viewing it like, bro, shampoo has been out for 10 minutes and it's already full of homeless people. Like, I'm viewing it like, no, this is a problem with the city. You're viewing it as like I did some humanitarian act by letting homeless people wear my shoes and use my shampoo. I mean, it, Prano, it, it was unbelievable how quickly. They, I'm, not I'm, I'm not surprised at all. And, uh, you know, it's like, obviously your escape from Venice is brought on by a completely different set of circumstances than mine. But what that's going on when like homeless people are eating a body, then the, when 12, 12 homeless people are outside eating a dead body, as as you get out of town, you got to be like, okay, this is fine. I'm gonna go now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, a hundred percent. And and it wasn't even just that. I mean, I sent you the message Wednesday night. Somebody got shot, gang related, right where I live. There was gunshots Thursday night, and then Sunday night, somebody got shot on Venice Way and Venice Boulevard. So, in a yeah, span, I heard that. In, in a span of five days. Like right, so people know right where I live, there was three shootings. That basically, the, the gangs. What what's happened is, I think the gangs have swarmed in into my neighborhood because there was such lack of control and people during the pandemic that now basically the gangs. And, well, and Venice and Venice was a big gang in the eighties. Town forever. Yeah, 
and you know they're seeing an opportunity to take control of like a high value area again yeah so i think and there was a big blood and crypt thing going on in the 80s and it looks from some of the tag marks i've seen it looks like the gangs are back uh so uh have fun with that mayor enjoy oh you, man poor don't mayor you, don't you love your new spot joe your i do new undisclosed location i do my my fortified compound on the outskirts of los angeles have you seen a homeless person where you live yet oh well so it's funny that you should say that because uh one day we were walking through the neighborhood and there was like a fire truck an ambulance 10 police cars and we were like oh there's been a bomb scare there's a terrorist this you know there's a riot there's you know five white girls talking about equality something major is happening because the police are out in mass yeah and it turns out that there was one homeless person who had been like kind of milling about the same corner for one day and so they called out the national guard <laughs> so you're can i disclose that you technically are not in the city of los angeles anymore can i disclose that technically yeah in the southland I... but technically not a la city resident but as as anybody who knows los angeles that that there's pock there's cities inside the city well, well the, the reason i'm bringing that up just so people know is where you're living has its own fire department its own police department it's technically its own city you're in Correct. los angeles county yeah but the good news is you don't have to deal with the city bs whereas in venice it's city of la so you're right. dealing with lapd and all of those you know policies that they have for people that right clearly are uh, a dumpster fire yeah well I, I i need to get used to this suburban life because i got in and i saw all the leaves in the front yard and i'm like hmm what am i gonna hmm. do with those where, <laughs> where, where are those going did you did you go to walt's garage and get a rake and start doing suburban things i haven't yet piling leaves either putting them in back lighting them on fire is that something that you're allowed to do there no that's like a common thing isn't it i don't think so burning leaves no is it i think so but i don't know i don't know about in cincinnati yeah i don't know you know the, the crazy part is you don't think about these things when, when somebody when you lose a parent like the stupid things like i was talking to my neighbor who lives down the street and I was like, I have no clue. Because there, there is woods, uh, not in our backyard, but the backyard next to it. And I'm sure I can dump it there, but I would still be going through their property. But I was right. telling that neighbor, I said, we used to drag our leaves down there when I was a kid in grade school and high school when we did all that work. I was like, I don't know what my dad's been doing the last 20. It's, it's a stupid thing that like, I don't know that I'm like, yo, dad, can you leave me a sign or something? Yeah, right. You remember right. that like Michael Keaton, Nicole Kidman movie where he like left videos for his his children because he knew he had like cancer or whatever. No, like, I never saw a... that. Oh, it's it's like one of the saddest movies of all time. I forget what it's called. It's literally one of the like most heartbreaking like tearjerker films of all time. It's like Michael Keaton has cancer, and I believe it's Nicole Kidman's his wife. She's pregnant, and the whole movie's like him like leaving videos for his unborn child. Like, I, I just imagine you opening like Walt's computer sometime and him being like, Andy, it's your dad. 
That's why I tell you uh, what to do with these leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, Dad, come to me in a dream or something. Like, let me know what, I, what I'm doing with the leaves. But, you know, I'll I was going to upload this to the YouTube for you, but uh, I went on and there was a lot of naked people. A lot of people having sex on the YouTube. <laughs> it's a reference to one of your jokes. Oh, yeah. Forgot You're about that You're on porn, Dad. You're on YouPorn. Yeah. <laughs> so funny, Prano. At first, I was like, I, was, I've, I actually had forgotten. It's been so long since I performed. I forgot that that was a reference to an old uh, Walt Ruther joke. Yeah. Well, let's get to some football news. I don't want to talk too much college football because, as we said, we don't care. Fuck them. They're, they're idiots, but uh, it, it seems to be a problem, uh, this whole thing, COVID thing, and, and now Nick Saban has it, and, and I have to – I'm not sitting here to say and I told you so because that's, that's not the point, but it's like, guys, what did you think was going to happen? The, the NFL is running into problems, but they're also paying people because it's a professional – like, right. this is such a – it's just so embarrassing. I mean, yeah, we, we've talked about it so much since – the beginning and, and the, the desperate need for college football, especially in SEC country where it's all they have, where, you know, since 59% of them don't believe COVID's real, where like whatever. Um, now you got no Florida LSU game. You got Nick Saban out with COVID. It's like, at what point, do you say none of this is fair? Like none of this, like any championship that comes out of this, any, like, like let's just take Bama, for example, if Bama loses this weekend without Nick Saban, like, is that a real loss? Yeah. That's a good point. And you're talking about college football where one loss is your whole season. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it's, it's just, it's it, it's a half-assed product that is crap. Let's just call it for what it is. It's 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 shit. It's a bad product. It's disrupted so many games, and everyone with any common sense saw this happening. Everyone. Right. And and I know Nick Saban hasn't sh- shown any symptoms, which is good because he's sixty-eight. But it's like. Dude, this still kills people your age, a yeah. lot of people. So my, my, my point is we all knew this was going to happen. And, you know, I, I, I just – I don't understand why it happened. I guess I do. It was about the money. But I've had zero interest. You've had zero interest. And it's one of those things that – it's just a bad season. And that's a great point, which I think a lot of people aren't talking about, which is what you just made that it's a team. When we talk about the NBA or major league baseball, a tainted championship. It doesn't even compare to college football. Yeah. Like in the end, the NBA didn't have any positive COVID tests once they got into the bubble. They, yeah. Every team that was there had a, an equal shot at the title. Um, and, and they, and you could argue the teams that were, lower seeds like Miami heat who didn't have to play as many road games. It gave them a boost. Now in the end, 
the number one seed won. Like I, I can't imagine anybody saying that there was not fairness in how the NBA determined a champion. Yeah. But in no, college I, football, you got no Pac-12. You've got, you know, the, the most dominant team in the last 20 years of college football without their head coach for their biggest game. You've got another in-conference game of the same in the SEC where they're yeah. not playing it because of COVID. It just, it just seems like, come on. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, 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 like I said, it's made me – it was a, you know, a pretty big fan enough of college football to watch. It's just made me like, I don't care about this season because this season yeah. doesn't mean anything. Yeah, um, people keep asking me, uh, you know, what, what about college football? Are you gonna, and I'm like, I'm not going to do it. So quit asking. Yeah. To go, to go full Saban. You, you I, care about college football? No, I'm not going to do it. So quit asking. I was going to say, you went full Saban right there. We do have yeah. the NFL, though. I, I've enjoyed the NFL, and I've enjoyed the – I mean, to, to be fair, you know, what, while we're here criticizing, it's like, look, the NFL, the whole thing's fucked up, too. I couldn't agree more. T- teams getting basically – free bye weeks games being played on Tuesdays, like the teams that get COVID almost get an advantage over the teams that don't. Yeah. Well, as someone who was traveling on the road for about, you know, four days, I, it, I was struggling because obviously I'm not paying attention to my phone. I, I drove the whole way, by the way, drove 2,300 miles. So your brother didn't drive at all. Uh, I didn't want him to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Control. Did he issues. offer? He offered a couple times. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a boss. I, I did one leg for the record. I did a leg. I did Denver to St. Louis, Missouri. Which is how long? Like 800-plus miles. The, the, and I want to reiterate to anybody out there. Was that 12 it, hours of driving? Yeah, it was about 12 hours. Denver to Kansas City is the worst 500 miles ever. Yeah. Like, the minute you leave Denver, it's Kansas. It gets, yeah, it gets bad right out of, it gets bad right on the east side of Denver. Like once you get through the Rockies and then through the city of Denver. It's awful. And, awful. and, the, and the state of, yeah, the state of Kansas on I-70, oh my God, there's not even hills. At least when you go through like Indiana, Illinois, Ohio. Yeah, like, a little, little hill. Yeah. Yeah. The, just God. I mean, anybody who lives in Kansas. I, I, I was thinking about dirt balls who, who we've kind of sparred with in the past. And I was thinking about people like who live in Topeka or like some of these small towns. And it's like, guys, you're making Ohio look like New York city, like yeah. Cincinnati. Like it's, it, it's real bad, but we do have the NFL and I'm excited, Joe. And as usual, this week's NFL weekly picks are brought to us by our friends at game theory picks provides profitable sports betting advice at an affordable price. Subscriptions include weekly, monthly, which saves you 20%, and yearly, which saves you over 50%. Since the return of sports at the end of July, a $50 per play better would have profited over $1,000 in just a little over a couple months by following the advice of our friends at Game Theory Picks. Receive your first month of Game Theory Picks for just $40. What a great deal, Dirt Balls. All yeah. you need to do is go to GameTheoryPicks.com and use promo code NFL2020. So if you want to take advantage of that, I know you do that, Joe. Once again, that's GameTheoryPicks.com, promo code NFL2020. 
Love the guys at Game Theory Picks. Yeah, they've helped you out a lot. Yeah. Um, and my, the great thing about Game Theory Picks is that this that bonus, that $40, is for all sports. And we had so much happening. We got baseball happening. We got college football happening. Obviously, the NBA just wrapped up. Golf, the Masters is upon us. The French Open just ended in tennis the you know the covid postponement of everything you just get it you get it all right now yeah there, there, and there's, uh, i agree there's rumors of making it the ultimate sports experience in the uh in the basement here i love it so t- time to time to make it happen so we got some great games this week i've enjoyed this season uh i don't know if you heard this but they say the scoring is way up it's not heard it, it is but they're saying it's up because there's you know there's no fans and there's there's nobody to disrupt the, the audibles or the play calls in the line. So we've had these very exciting games. I believe that. Yeah. So no Thursday night game this week. Because I can't – I honestly I can't keep up with – I can't either. Getting postponed for what? Like what was the Thursday game supposed to be? Was it supposed to be because we have two Monday night games? Yeah. Is it was supposed to be one of those? Or it was supposed to be a game from last week? Yeah, I don't know, Joe. We, we, I, I, honestly, I can't keep up with it. And, I, and it's funny how the, like the domino effect, how like one team's thing affects multiple teams. The Bills have been affected by the Titans, have been affected by the Patriots. It's like. That's probably it because the Bills, who played on Tuesday, yeah, that's got to be it. Because they didn't want them to turn around so quickly because the Bills played last Tuesday. Right. So their game this week against the Chiefs has been moved to an early Monday night, which is only fair. You know, they're not going to have a three-day turnaround. Yeah. Um, but we will start with the Sunday games. The Texans are facing the Titans, who uh, one of their players, Derrick Henry, is going to be charged with murder for what he did to uh, Josh Norman during that Tuesday game. Yeah. Uh, look, I have been burned by the Bills a lot this year. I uh, I wasn't – I mean, not that I wasn't a Bills believer. I was, but there's a couple games that they played, specifically the one against the Rams. I thought the Rams would win that game. And so I've been burned by the Bills, and then I was like, well, this is going to be a good game. It really wasn't a good game. I mean, the Titans dominated. Yeah. And well, and, and Tennessee is now undefeated. they're looking good they're actually at home against houston and this line is very perplexing they're just three they're just three point favorites against the texans well i think that the factor there is the uh the boobless factor the no boob factor this probably an eight and a half point spread with the boob but now they're like no boob We'll give them five extra points. I, I agree it's perplexing, especially being home. I mean, it is a division game, but uh, the way Tennessee looked on uh, Tuesday night, I got to go with the Titans. And Derrick Henry didn't even have that good of a game, but yeah, they just they, they played well as a team. And, you know, Ryan Tannehill – And they, and they really well. – really, more than the Titans' offense, I mean, their defense and what they were able to do to the Bills, like I just don't love what – the Texans with a lack of weapons besides Deshaun Watson and a Romeo Cornell head coaching. Uh, I don't, I don't love, I don't love seeing the potential of an offensive explosion. So you are going to agree with me and go with the Titans, the cover. Yeah. But I also think that the three and a half points is 
somewhat reasonable because again, division. Three. It's just three. Three. Yeah, because division teams. Yeah. But I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Titans. All right. Two local teams in my area. The Bengals travel to Indy, where they are seven and a half point dogs. The Bengals took an ass whooping last week to Baltimore. Uh, it's a big spread. Philip Rivers has looked very shaky. Some people Indeed. want. Him, some people want him benched for your boy Jacoby Brissett. I think that would be reckless, but uh, look, you know, the the weird thing about the Colts and the people that are want like they're what's their record now? They're three There's and th- two. Three and two. It's like they have looked good at times. It's it's all about defense. I think their defense is is better than it was last year. I, I almost I know it's crazy, but I almost feel like you just gotta like tell Rivers like turn down son like uh, just relax like you got to go Peyton on the Broncos mode like can he stop. do that though I, I don't know it I don't certainly think doesn't he can. it certainly doesn't seem like it um let me ask you since you said you're two local teams there is there any sort of like I have never even thought about that as an Indianapolis Cincinnati like those those are probably the two closest teams. Like, is Indy closer closer to you than the other Ohio teams? Like oh, way closer. Indy's only yeah. like ninety. Indy's only like ninety miles from here. So, is this? Is there any sort of like thing no. here? Is there like a? No, it's weird. There's no rivalry, and there's no like you don't see a lot of Colts fans in your area. No. I imagine. No. I think the Colts win this game, but I I think the Joey backdoor. Yeah, I Joey agree. Backdoor cover. I as well. I I, I like. I like Burrow. You know, last week a bad pick six hurt that game from covering. Yeah. Um, I had a buddy tell me he was pissed because he's like, he was going to cover. He was driving, and then he threw that bad pick six. Or, or it was a fumble. Whatever happened, that Baltimore ended up whooping the Bengals' ass. Uh, so we agree there. All right, moving right along. The Vikings are four-point favorites against the Falcons, who have fired Quinn and their GM. Minnesota, rough loss. They really blew that game last week against Seattle. Uh, unbelievably stupid. I, I got to say, again, uh, I know we talked about it before, and I know it's now Thursday, and the majority of people did this on Monday. The, the Monday reaction to that game, we obviously had our pre-recorded end of the Smut Studio era, but like, I have been chomping at the bit to talk about. how I just think that is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen, and I think that this is the... This is a perfect example of a major problem that we have in sports these days where you are not a competent enough coach to think outside of whatever this analytics book, blah, blah, blah says. To me, it was the opposite of ballsy. Oh, well, you know, if you can't get a yard in the NFL, you're – when you say that, you're also saying, I don't trust my kicker. You're also saying, I don't trust my defense. Like all the, any sort of momentum push that you give your team by saying, I do trust my offensive line and I do trust my running back. You have taken away from defense and special teams. You have said, you don't believe your defense can stop the team from going down the field, scoring a touchdown, scoring a two-point conversion and beating you in overtime. Yeah. It was so fucking reckless. And I think anybody that defends it is a 100% clown shoes wearing idiot. Well, I mean, they couldn't. I mean, Russ drove 94 yards 
down the field. Didn't um, get the two-point conversion. They didn't play in overtime. They were winning the game up to that point. You're basically saying, I'm afraid that this team is significantly better than us. No, look, I agree. I mean, you kick a field goal there. You, you, you really put the pressure on the offense. Uh, I, t- I tweeted it the second it happened. I said, you know, Mike Zimmer being a competent coach has left the chat. And the idea that it wasn't universally panned is why it's really difficult to like be involved in sports social media these days. The idea that there were other there were people on the other side. It it didn't work. It lost they lost basically immediately. Yeah. Well, they're at home and they are favorites this week. Once again, yeah. they they are four point favorites against the Falcons who dear god. I mean, what has happened to them? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Falcons solely on a uh, new coach bump. I, I agree. I like that. I think the Falcons cover. All right, the Broncos travel to New England. The Patriots are nine-and-a-half-point favorites, huge favorites right now. I don't know the quarterback situation. I think it's kind of a mess for Denver. Where, in, well, I was going to say, in, in New England, it's, it's Cam again, correct? Sure, correct. I'll uh, I'll take the Patriots. I you know this is something that we've been that I, I hinted at before, but like the idea that co- like now you get this like week off, like there's uh, the idea that you could potentially get helped. I mean, look what happened to Tennessee. Like I think Tennessee was helped by a basically a free bye week. Yeah, and, I agree. Um, and I this just is Bill I, Belichick. Exactly. I'm uh, and I'm I'm gonna ride that with them yeah i agree i'm gonna take the patriots as well all right the nfc least the worst division i think i've ever seen the washington football team travels to your giants where you are two and a half point favorites yeah the two and a half points is basically the new vegas three um because there's no home field advantage um this i believe when it started it was three and a half it's come down um, I didn't really love it at three and a half. I don't, I don't know how the giants are favored basically in any game. Um, the Washington defense is pretty good, but the two and a half, somebody's got to win this game and somebody's got to win this game by a field goal. Uh, I'll say it's my giants that get their first win. Yeah. I'll go giants. Who's playing quarterback for the Redskins or the artist formerly known as the Redskins. It, I believe it should be Kyle Allen, uh, returning, but he got um, hurt. Yeah, but but I believe he's supposed to play. But I guess if not, then it's the ghost of Alex Smith. Um, what a mess that Dwayne Haskins pick has turned out to be, huh? Yeah. And I, I was not really a fan of Dwayne Haskins. I didn't, I didn't want the Giants to pick him. Um, I don't think he's looked good. Um, I certainly haven't felt like, oh, God, I, I wish the Giants had taken Haskins instead of Jones, who also hasn't looked good. Um, but – if you're going to get him and you're going to play him, it just seems crazy to me to give up on him. I know, he, again, he hasn't been good. Yeah. But, but you guys haven't been good. Sure. I agree. Well, the Ravens travel to Philly where they are seven-and-a-half-point favorites at the link. The Eagles are currently sitting at 1-3-1. One, and one. This is an interesting one to me. The spread seems – kind of high yeah but at the same time 
I think Vegas has caught on to this thing that the Ravens will play a close game against a good team and they're going to blow out a terrible team, um, which they did, you know, last week against the uh, Bengals. And that tends to be their thing, right? Like if you look at this Ravens team in the last couple of years, all this regular season success, lack of playoff success, what it basically is, is they can't be good teams. Right. And that, and they can absolutely roll against bad teams. So then the question is, are the Eagles good or are the Eagles bad? Well, I think the Eagles are bad, but I also think seven and a half at home is a lot. I'm going to go with the Eagles. I thought seven and a half last week against the Steelers was a lot. Steelers covered. I think the Ravens are better than the Steelers. I'm going with the Ravens. Okay. Speaking of the Steelers, look at this AFC North battle that we have, Joe Prano. The four and one Cleveland Browns. I kind of love it. I love it too. Are headed to Pittsburgh against the undefeated Steelers. Close line here. Just just the, that three spot for the home field advantage for the Steelers. Now, I have obviously been critical of Cleveland forever and said the franchise, the franchise, the franchise uh, until they win. And they are finally winning. They got rid of Freddie Kitchens. And uh, they got rid of Hugh Jackson before that. And it seems like they might finally be riding this ship. Are they ready for this huge division game? Which, if they win, would put them at least as a tie for first place. I'm going to take the Browns simply because – I think that they can win this game. And uh, to me, you, again, we talk about the home field advantage. The, I believe what I've read is that the general rule is that it's two and a half now instead of three. So the fact that the Steelers are getting an extra point, they, they are proper favorites in this game. Uh, I, I like what the Browns are doing. Uh, I think at least the Browns – do I think that the Browns are for real? Maybe not. But I also think that Pittsburgh has yet to beat a good football team. Uh, they have done really, really well against bad football teams. I think Cleveland is good. I think that they're run, like being able to run the ball uh, it takes a lot of pressure off Baker. But most importantly, their defense is really good. Yeah. And Ooh, I, I, I'm, I'm taking Cleveland. I'm going to disagree on this one. I, I think Cleveland has played very well. Until they prove that they can do it, I'm going to bet against them. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. I think it'll be a good game. It'll be a competitive game. I still think Pittsburgh ekes it out and covers that three points. Moving right along, Bears-Panthers. Close spread here. Two surprise teams, I would say. Panthers are sitting at 3-2. and two. The Bears are at 4-1. and one. Bears obviously had a huge win against uh, Tampa Bay last week. This game is in Carolina, and the Panthers are a slight one-and-a-half-point favorite. I honestly do not know what to make of either of these teams at this point. The Bears are the worst four-and-one I've ever seen. I couldn't agree more. The Panthers, like, gr- good for the Panthers. I'm, Great I'm, for the new coach. I'm, like, I think, that, I think that Teddy Bridgewater has looked good, that what they've been able to do in losing McCaffrey, yeah, I think their, their coach has proven – that he's their guy for a long time. Um, like, I, I think if you're a Panthers fan, you can't be more excited with how the Panthers are doing. They lost Luke Keekly. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So to be three and two, 
and just to be building a foundation for a return of McCaffrey. And like, I just think that this is a great, like to, to be competitive in this yeah. is, 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 is a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and again, I think that the bears are the worst four and one team I've maybe ever seen in history. And I don't know where that leaves me for this game. <laughs> I'm going to go with the underdog. I'm going to go, uh, you know, we've got the battle of uh, a bear and a, a bear and a cat. You know, you got the big panther. You got the bear. The bear's probably going to win this if they're, you know, the actual animals are fighting. But oh, you're you're going with the uh, the Coach O pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Coach O mentality. But I'm going to go with uh, the Panthers. So so the Bears are favored. No, the Panthers are a point and a half at home favorite. Okay, so you're not going with the underdog. You're going the underdog in the in the animal matchup. Yeah, sorry. Got it. Because in the animal matchup, the the bears got to be the favorite, right? I would think so. Over a panther, I don't know how big panthers get, but bears get pretty fucking big. But bears are insane. Are there any bears in the Chicago area? It doesn't seem like a part of the country where bears are hanging out. No, bears would be in, in the mountains, basically, in, in Appalachian Mountains or like the Rocky Mountains or like California. We we are so f- far gone on having any sense of which one of these teams is good and which one of these teams is bad. We are now basing this solely on their mascots. <laughs> and based on the fact that there are, that the only bears in Chicago probably exist in uh, now shuttered gay bars. Uh, <laughs> in Boys Town. Go, in Boys Town. I'm going to go with uh, the Panthers as well. Yeah. Which, by the way, I saw a report that they want to change the name of Boys Town. To what? It's not inclusive for the others in the LGBTQ community. Can't make this up. It's only, it's only inclusive for the gay men by calling it Boys Town. And we're, I, you know what's funny is like the Q uh, – I'm not even going to go there. I was going to say like the Q used to be – saying queer used to be a very offensive term. No, you're right. It was. And now – I was just about to say like call it Queer Town, but that, that doesn't seem to be inclusive for the LGBT portion of it. I mean, at this point, you literally, like, like you don't know what to say. Like, I don't know what to say because I, I'm 100. percent I was like, I don't even know if, I, like, the the cue for queer is in the thing, and I just feel uncomfortable saying it. This this is the headline from the Chicago Tribune: Chicago Chicago's signature LGBTQ neighborhood will no longer be marketed as Boys Town, following complaints that the name excludes women and non-binary people i just love the marketing thing like is there a marketing team for boys town what is so what is <laughs> what does that boardroom look like <laughs> i'm not even i'm not even uh, uh, in the past in the show i would uh i would do a character from that boardroom i think you should i am not getting canceled i think you should i think you should canceled today i think you should Need a fabulous new name. Who's got ideas? I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, with that being said, who are you picking? I'm still going to go with the Panthers. I said it. I'm going with the Panthers. Okay, so we're both doing Panthers. All right, another <coughs> another cat battle game: <laughs> the Lions against the Jags. This game is in Jacksonville, and the Lions are three point favorites. Um, I shouldn't. I shouldn't believe that the Lions 
should win this game because basically the Lions, what the Lions do is lose games that they should win. Sure. Win games that they should lose. Um, I, I, I think Jacksonville get, getting a nice win to start the season against the Indianapolis Colts was their like Super moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just don't think that the Jacksonville Jaguars are any good at all. Um, I think that the Lions are, I guess, on paper, the worst team in the NFC North, but it's pretty strong division. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Lions. I gotta go with the Lions here. I just have to, like you said. Three, three think, is a lot, though, I especially think, on the road. I just think Jacksonville's terrible. I agree. Not as terrible as the New York Jets, though, who are the next team. The Jets, who paid Le'Veon Bell, I believe, twenty-seven or twenty-eight million dollars to basically barely play, never have a 100-yard 100 100-yard 100 rushing game. They've released him. They're such he's, a dumpster fire. He's reportedly signing with the Chiefs. Is that the news? The the news was originally yeah. it was the Chiefs or other teams was the headline, and then the second report was the Chiefs, the Bills or the Jets, or sorry, the Chiefs, the Bills or the Dolphins. The Jets, who are all the Jets' next three opponents. Yeah. Basically, he wants to shove it up the ass of the Jets. And if you're him, like, like, why would you go to anywhere? But the, the Chiefs, you become a contender right away. The Bills, I know people love Buffalo, and Buffalo is good. But, like, if I'm choosing between those teams, I'm either going for a more of a sure thing Super Bowl opportunity with the Chiefs, or I'm just going to the Dolphins and living out my life and basically retiring. Yeah, in uh, South Beach. Yeah. So it's a nine and a half point favorite. Yeah, I know it's crazy. I mean, this is where we're at. Like, like if you're a Jets fan, I mean, you, you, this has got to be your low point. I, I think. Like being I, nine and a half point dogs to the Miami Dolphins with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, revenge game, revenge game. Give me the revenge game from Fitzy. I mean, they they smoked. The Niners last week. Smoked in San Francisco. Yeah. Jets suck. I am going to go with the Dolphins. I, I mean, the Jets are really bad. How Just is that, enjoy the stacks of money you get betting against the Jets. How does Adam Gase still have a job right now? It's a great question. I mean, this is, this is unbelievable that he still has a job in the NFL right now. It is. Especially, with, especially you know, you look at Bill O'Brien, you look at Dan Quinn. I mean, I know that they're – their resumes for failure were a bit longer, but they weren't stronger. Yeah. I'm going with my boy Fitzy in a revenge game. He came to New York. He, he said, I'm here to bring you guys relevancy. I'm here to bring you on the cusp of a playoff. Bring me back next year. We'll go to the playoffs. They're like, fuck you forever. And he's like, all right, it's going to go be good on a bunch of other teams. Yeah. Well, man, what a, what a just what a nightmare the Jets really are as an organization. I, in fact, I, I I don't think it's close. I think right now they're the, they're the worst run organization in the NFL. Yes, I think by far. This next game is really appealing if you like quarterbacks. If you like legendary quarterbacks, the, Pack, the Packers against the Bucks in Tampa Bay. Green Bay is a one point favorite. Ooh, Tampa Bay. Coming off a rough loss to the Bears, do they bounce back? I think Tampa Bay is okay. They're going to be fine. They're a good team. 
They're not an amazing team. I think the Packers are straight up legit. The idea that just because this game's in Tampa Bay, especially with a, uh, especially with no crowd, Aaron Rodgers, the everything the Packers like. I'm just. I, I think the the idea that the spread's so low. I would feel reckless not taking the Packers. Yeah, I want to take the Packers. My heart's telling me everything's saying Packers for the show's sake and to be a contrarian. I'll go with the Bucks. The Bucks. Now, are you now are you taking like there is a there is like a gambling strategy of when everything is saying this, it's the other team. Exactly. Like everything in my head is saying Packers, Packers, Packers. And I don't think the Bucs have looked that good. I, I maybe overestimated Tom Brady and through the first five games. It looks like I have. Everything is, yeah. telling, everything is telling me Packers. Yeah, I'm going to take the Packers. I'm going to follow everything's telling me. Yeah, but I'll go Bucks for the hell of it. All right. The Rams travel to San Francisco. Who, San Francisco needs this win. San Francisco sitting at two and three, while the Rams are at four and one. The Rams are three-point favorites on the road. To me, it's not high enough. I'm going to take the Rams. I guess Jimmy G is supposed to be back at quarterback. Like the Rams are, or I'm sorry, the, the Niners are basically in a Super Bowl hangover. We agree? Yeah. A lot of injuries. A lot of injuries, including obviously to their quarterback. Then they bring him back last week. He's, you know, and then they bench him because he's not ready. He's hurt or he doesn't look good, blah, blah, blah. It's almost like if you're going to do that, how do you bring him back again the next week? Yeah. So I just think the Rams, like, I still don't know what to think of the Rams, but I, I do think that the Rams are good. And I think if the Rams are going to compete for the division, they absolutely can't lose more games in the division. Yeah. I think the Rams have to win this game. And I think the Rams defense, remember the Rams defense was suspect last year. Yeah. That was a major problem. The defense has bounced. To me, that's been the biggest change for them this year is their defense is playing pretty well. And Aaron Donald's back to just, being a stu- not that he was bad last year, but I mean, he is just being ferocious again. I'm going to take the Rams as well, and I think the Niners fall to two and four, and I think they're you know this is the year they don't make the playoffs. All right, so we alluded to this game earlier. Uh, well, what the hell? Uh, Did you hear that? Yeah, that'll be on. I'm, I, I'm I have no idea what that is. I think it's somebody's. It, it was me. It was. Oh, it was, sorry. Uh, I thought you were hearing something. There's something also coming out from out my window. I think it's somebody's. Halloween decorations that are like spooky no, talking. That, that was some some ad for a company that popped in, which I'm not going to recommend because they don't pass. Uh, okay, so the Bills Chiefs. This is a wild one. Yeah, Chiefs are three and a half point favorites. It's in Buffalo. I'm going to take the Chiefs based solely on, and I know that the that Buffalo lost as well, but I'm going to take the Chiefs based solely on the Chiefs bounce back game. I agree. And in, in Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, I trust in this one. And if you add Le'Veon Bell, by the way, I mean, I, look, obviously it's not Le'Veon Bell from a few years ago on the Steelers, but it just makes that offense that much more explosive. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well. All right, the, the main Monday night game, which was already scheduled, is the Cardinals against the Cowboys. The Cardinals are a point-and-a-half favorite in Dallas against the Andy Dalton-led Dallas Cowboys. Is, are we saying there's a Ruther curse at all in this game? Because or, I'm sorry, against 
I don't know. Because Andy Dalton? Yeah, I don't know. You know, Andy Dalton comes in for Dak. Dak can't even make it five games. No, well, no, I mean, I mean, there, there was some, there was some, you know, some talk on social media I saw, like somehow, like I had something to do with this. And well, like, there was, we had some chatter on the show, and I think we both, I, I, I almost think our stances were a little bit different. But uh, you, I recall, basically questioning, is Andy Dalton better than Dak? No, I did not say that. What I said was I didn't think there'd be that much of a drop off because Andy Dalton in his career has shown if he's surrounded by just extreme talent and he is and you saw it last week he went nine of 11 for 100 plus yards and led the game winning drive for a field goal and and basically what i said is andy dalton is better than dak if you consider value which obviously okay uh, which obviously dak uh didn't take the big contract he went went the franchise route he got hurt where this leaves the Cowboys in a contract negotiation with Dak, I don't know if we'll know. Will this, will this give Jerry Jones an opportunity to get him for less money and he just takes the thing? Or do now they wait and see and how they do with Andy Dalton and, and potentially, you know, riding that train. But um, I'm not – obviously, I'm, I'm on the record of saying I'm not the world's biggest Colin Cowherd fan. I don't enjoy Colin Cowherd, but I did see this come across the Twitter. Dak Prescott, first four seasons. 40 and 24, 97 touchdown passes. Andy Dalton's first four seasons, 40 and 23, 40, 23 and 1, 99 pass TDs. So basically identical records, identical stats. Andy Dalton was on really good teams. Dak was on, I don't know about on really good teams, but in a really bad division, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they drop off that much. So, so basically, is, it's a point and a half in Dallas against the Cardinals. My thing is, I'm taking the Cardinals, and I'm taking the Cardinals if Dak was there. Because you think the Cardinals are a better team. I just think the Cowboys are bad. Yeah, Can't stop anybody. The explosiveness of the Cardinals' offense with, like, I could see this getting out of control and being a big, high-scoring football game. And I like Dak's chances of in a shootout more than I like Andy Dalton's chances in a shootout. Do I think Andy Dalton could maybe manage a game? Sure. Do I think he maybe could be a better game manager than Dak? Maybe, but the Cowboys aren't going to play a lot of games where they manage them. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I, uh, here's how I've changed guys. We talked about change earlier in the show. I'm rooting for Andy Dalton to play well as the fill in. I think it makes a great storyline for Dallas. There's always drama already. We don't need it, but it's going to be an added drama, right? Dak gets hurt. Where do the Cowboys sit on your Andy Dalton's favorite or Andy Ruther's favorite team rankings? Because I feel like you've been riding the Cowboys for a few years now. I no, like, you feel like you're uh, you know joined in with Tug or something. They're they're not on my. Uh, they're you not going to go in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, it was this reckless, awful. Awful pick. <laughs> I mean, I'll own up to that. It's a terrible pick. It's an absolutely terrible pick. I think I have them winning the division this year and maybe make it to the a- NFC Championship. I don't remember what I said. Uh, but no, they're not. They're not on my list, man. Okay. They're not on my okay. list. You, you, let's just. You, you want to hear Andy Ruther's list right now of like teams? I'm like, oh yeah, I really rooting for them. Uh, it's two LA teams. I've really enjoyed uh, Justin Herbert, like. 
tough loss. He's had a couple tough losses, man, where he's yeah. played really well. I mean, that game was Watson, awesome for me. I was in Tahoe. I bet I bet the Chargers money line in the first half and the Saints money line in the second half. So smart. Pal. Yeah, that was a good move. Obviously, I'm going to root for the Rams. I like Sean McVay. Uh, I mean, come on, Russ. Mr. Unlimited. Unlimited. So, so right now, he, it's, it's basically, you would say, right, through five weeks, it's Kim and Aaron Rodgers kind of up in the air for MVP. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. I would say that it's right there. Although, again, it's five weeks. Like, I think that there's guys uh, hovering. I mean, you got to look at Mahomes. Like, it's not of like course. Mahomes has played bad. Of course. Um, then, like, again, like, doesn't Aaron Donald – get get mvp votes if they win that division yeah for sure so the and then i think i think a big hit uh to josh allen's you know outside already chances in that tennessee game yeah i agree i I totally agree and also like i said you know we're talking about my teams i'm not i'm rooting for burrow you know i like seeing the Bengals lose because i i I take pleasure on seeing people now that i'm in but you like burrow I like him. Yeah. I like everything about him. So. And then, but, uh, and then, and, you know, I got to say, since we were talking about Mahomes, nice, nice resurgence by Derek Carr, by the way, in that, in that Chiefs Raiders oh game. Oh my and, God, and, dude. And for Derek Carr this season, I feel like Derek Carr's put himself back in the talk as like a, I don't know about an elite quarterback, but as a good to great quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. He, looked, he looked fantastic. was shocked to see that game. You know, at that point in my drive, we had stopped in Grand Junction, Colorado, basically, you know, a town on the western side of Colorado. We just get into the state. We stopped at Crazy Dave's Barbecue off of Interstate 70. Crazy Dave's. <laughs> so good, it's crazy. And uh, that game was on the screen. By the way, you, you, know, what's, you know what's interesting for my brother and I driving across the country? seeing how different states handled the COVID pandemic. Oh, I'm sure. I, I was actually, my buddy who's, who I was, you know, hanging out with up there, Ian, who runs McDust Pub, he had just done a cross-country trip. And he was just like, from masks to, like, how restaurants handled how, yes. across country. So yes. I was just going like, he said he was in basically, like, South Dakota. And they were like, he had a mask on. They're like, do you have COVID? Yeah. He's like, no. And they're like, why are you wearing a mask then? Okay, so, so, so we drove through California, Nevada, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois, Kentucky, Ohio. So 10 states. Guess which state of those 10 I just named, which by far, it didn't compare, was the least uh, protective and most lax on the whole COVID situation. Doesn't even compare. Utah? Yes. Well, God's protecting them. The only state where you didn't have to wear masks. Basically, every other state was the law. You had to wear a mask in any establishment. Utah, we went to Big Bear Diner in St. George. And uh, wow. Interesting cats in there. Now, now the restaurant workers were wearing them, but like, yeah, it was, it was kind of fascinating to see. We had, you and I had an America off during that uh chiefs raiders game you were at big crazy dave's barbecue and i was at a gun range in nevada an outdoor (laughs) an outdoor fucking rifle range in nevada shooting all kinds of guns 
I mean, you want to talk about America vibes. Oh, I bet. Sun, Sunday morning in an outdoor Nevada gun range. I mean, there were people there with literal cannons. There was, <laughs> there was a couple next to us with their two girls, five and seven, five and seven, popping off guns. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I know, you, I know you spent some time in Kansas City. I wonder if you, we ate at a great barbecue restaurant not too far off uh, I-70. Slaps? I have not had slaps. I, when, oh, I went to Can- when I went to Kansas City, I did like the, there's two dueling like major barbecues. It's like Arthur Bryant's and some other one. Yeah. I did those two. And uh, no, I, I, but I, I wish I had. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the idea of being able to sit there and be like, this barbecue slaps. Yeah, well, that's what the kids say about the songs, right? Yeah, yeah, Nick, exactly. Nick, Nick, Nicky D would always say, be like, you know, this song slaps. This, <laughs> that's what the kids say about the songs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm old. D- dude, look at, look at me. By the way, I, I love am, you. I love you just millennialing your – is that what the children say about the songs? Dude, you, I've aged myself. I'd like to try some of this wet-ass barbecue. <laughs> Give me a bucket and a mop for this wet-ass brisket. Dude, I'm about to be a 39-year-old single suburban dad. So at this point in Cincinnati, they probably either suburban think Suburban dad? You're a dad? No. You know, like basically that like, vibe. That was my prediction, by the way. I, I said that you are going to be a dad. You're going you're gonna to get together with some like divorced mom of two and uh, suddenly be the dad Andy, step Andy. That's the prediction? Yeah, it's my prediction. Well, it is official. I'm going to be an assistant third grade basketball coach of my, of my nephew. Hell so, yeah. So I, once I have to, you have to take like classes that you're not a pedophile. So once I take those classes with my buddy, who's going to be the head coach, I am going to be a, a third grade basketball assistant coach. Love it. And you've already been, you're Coach Monkey. Should we, oh, yeah. should we, let, them, should we let them know about Coach Monkey? That's right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. We'll see. I'll be curious if the parents find out about some of the dirty sports stuff and some of my social media, if it's going to bother them. Yeah, trust me. I've been, been there a million times. Yeah. Uh, you'll be fine. You're the assistant third exactly. grade basketball coach. I'm not too concerned. Guys, who did you think you were going to get? You think you were going to get Doc Rivers out here? <laughs> <laughs> my, my goal is to make sure no one pisses their pants on the court. Yeah. Learn how to make a bounce pass correctly. Yeah going to be real simple well that's the show thumbs down andy thumbs down yeah good good to be back joe good to do this and 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 just so everybody knows we're going to keep adjusting i've ordered some really nice microphones for us it's on a back order it's been on a back order for 15 days it's frustrating but apparently i've got i've got a completely empty wall over here this i think this is going to turn into the new smut couch i've got uh i've got my my you know uh what's it the picture of me as a, a horse over there. I've got the Walton jersey. Centaur. Might, centaur. Yeah. Might turn that wall into a dirty sports background. So a lot of things to come. Yeah, and same for me. Obviously, I'm just this is the background of my parents' basement, and things will come once we start getting everything, and my stuff is still being shipped across the country. So looking forward to the adjustments that we do and the sets that we both create on our own, and uh, looking forward to continuing the show. So thank you to everyone for all the amazing support, all the kind words that I still keep receiving. So much love to everybody. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Andy Ruther. You can follow the show at The Dirty Sports. Joe Prano, what about you? 
rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on all places that podcasts are available. I'm on Twitter at Fix Your Life. I'm on Instagram at Joe Prano. I'm on Venmo at Joe Prano. I'm on Cameo if you want to have somebody wish you a happy birthday or tell you to kill yourself. I'm not sure I'm legally allowed to do that, but look, we'll we'll play with it. Anyway, all those things and much more, you, you know where to find me. Yeah. Dirtballs, once again, thank you guys for all the support. Have a great weekend. And as always, stay dirty.